Welcome to Pet Lover Geek Pet Lovers. We're powered by Pet Hub, and I'm Lorian Clements. And today we're talking about some of the most fundamental tools pet parents can use to ensure that their pet is healthy, happy, and safe. Here at Pet Hub, we started Lost Pet Prevention Month in 2014 to help educate pet parents on all the resources available when it comes to lost pet prevention and recovery. So throughout July, I'm interviewing pet experts who are sharing their tips and tricks for help keeping Fido healthy and home. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Carol Feeney, the co-founder of Project Blue Collar. As a foster parent herself, Carol brings years of hands-on experience of caring for adopted and stray pets for her customers. Today, Carol is here to share some of her essential tips for rescue dog parents, collars, leashes, and all of the gear needed to keep your rescued pet safe. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Well, before we get into the tips for pet parents, I would love it if you could start our conversation off by learning more about your background, how Project Blue Collar started. I mean, you fostered over 500 puppies uh, and kittens. I love watching them on Facebook, by the way. It's one of my, my favorite things to do. And your home is warmly referred to as the Project Blue Collar Puppy Hostel. So how, how did your career in business development lead to Project Blue Collar? So yeah, most of my career I've been in business development and um, I've always been an idea person. And uh, as I started fostering more and more dogs, um, I'm also super observant and I always paid attention to how other people reacted to learning that a dog that they just met was a rescue dog. And I was always shocked by two main things. One was their reaction that a dog that was so well behaved, you know, in such good health could be a rescue dog. And then the second was the reaction of people who had rescued a dog. The first words out of their mouth when you meet their dog is, oh, it's a rescue. And so I thought, what if we had a way of showing rescue dogs out in public so people could could quickly identify that rescue dogs are healthy, happy family members. They're not, you know, the deplorable things that we see from the Sarah McLachlan commercials. While those are real images, that's not who we adopt out. Like once they come into foster care, we get them healthy before they go out to adoption. Um, and then also a way that people could show their rescue pride. And that's when I came up with Project Blue Collar. It was a way to identify rescue dogs out in public and put a positive image on them and, and try and remove the negative preconception that we have. Yeah. And I love, I love everything about Project Blue Collar. As you know, we've been working, Pet has been working with you guys for years now. So just love what you do. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of the concept preconceptions that are out there. And, and, and some of them, you know, like all preconceptions, they're a little bit based in fact, like a lot of the things that are there is like, well, there's some, there's some truth there. So let's talk about it. So because animal shelters are one of the most common places that people uh, adopt dogs and cats. And in fact, nearly 44% of the dogs and cats that are acquired um, by, you know, pet parents are from shelters or rescues. So what do pet parents need to know about their new fur kid that they've just adopted from a rescue or a shelter? I mean, are these pets more likely to run away uh, run away? I mean, this is about lost pet prevention month. So like, what, what do we need to know to be able to transition into their home and be safe? Right. So, I mean, you bring up really good points because they have past that we don't necessarily know of. So oftentimes they might be more fearful. Um, and so we try and educate every new pet parent to treat every 
new dog you're bringing into your home as a runner, as a potential runner. Just assume that they are. We do a lot of training and education um, in regards to how do you keep your pet safe and, you know, check your fence for any weakness areas. Um, you know, know if you have a digger that they're getting, there's a potential they can dig under. If you have a jumper, they can jump over, um, you know. So for all these reasons, um, make sure that you have ID tags on them, that they're chipped, that there's a way that people are going to be able to uh, contact you if, in fact, your dog does get loose. Um, and then when you're out walking them, I mean, you have to have properly fitted collars. You know, we we don't recommend any retractable leashes. Those are kind of the worst thing you can do. You know, have a have a leash that's the appropriate length. Let's let's break this down actually into two things. So you've got the keeping them safe at home, and then keeping them safe while you're out and about. So you mentioned at home. You know, we we call it here at Pet Hub. We say Houdini proofing your house. And, and um, I mean, I personally knew a little uh, border collie who lived near us who would jump the six foot fence like that. It was, whoa. I mean, and, and then she would actually jump back in and her parents never knew she was gone. So, I mean, so you mentioned some of those things, but let's go through them again. Like, what are those kind of things when you're going and looking at your house and your yard? What are those things when you've got this brand new dog, you don't know their personality. What are those things that you should be looking at with that critical eye? So definitely, you know, if you have a fenced in yard, check it, check, check the perimeter, walk around, make sure there aren't any weak areas, um, spots where they can dig under holes in the fence, anything they could push through, you know, you want to be careful that there's not any areas that they're, cause they're going to find them. Trust me, if you've got a runner, they're going to find them immediately inside your house, you know, is your front door, um, something that you know, stays open that doesn't swing shut quickly you know, because that's a very easy escape route for dogs that are looking to run, especially if it's open to a street area. You have to be really, really careful about that. So hopefully you have some kind of screen door, something that's, you know, a second layer of protection. And I would also say, too, just from personal experience, uh, living in a place that snows a lot, be really aware, especially if you've got a dog in the winter time that the snow can drift up against the fence. And so you might have a fence that's tall enough in the summertime, but in the winter time, it gets shorter. One of my favorite lost pet stories was about a rescue. It's about a, a black German shepherd who had been fine like two months before. And as soon as it snowed, he launched himself over the fence because of the snow and was gone, you know, and he got Pet up bound him, but still, it's you know they they were like, whoa, how did he get out? It's because of the snow. So then let's 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 talk about the car, right? So let's when you get in the car, you're going to go out to the the park and take a walk or what have you. There are some essentials. So I would love it if you could talk about collar types and leash types. And let's start with collar types because you mentioned the uh, freedom no pull harness, but there are other different kinds of collar types that are that are better suited for different types and sizes of dogs. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I highly recommend Martingale collars, which are the uh, no pull collar or no slip collar, I mean. So a, a dog can't slip their head out of it. The second they start pulling, it tightens. They come in different widths too. So depending on what, you know, a, a big bully dog, you're going to want to get a big thick collar for their thick neck. Um, but you can get them in any size, even for chihuahuas. They're some of the biggest runners we, we have are chihuahuas. Yeah. And their little heads can, can duck out of those uh, collars so fast. Exactly. So it's like just super, super important to have 
a no pull collar when you think you have a runner or even if you don't think you do because they can become a runner given the right situation right and you don't know the dog yet that's the key like even even if you came from a foster parent and you've gotten a great you know little dossier on the dog you still don't know the dog you don't what about harnesses because i know a lot of people you know we recommend the pet always has a collar because that's where the id tag needs to stay but for some dogs having um, a, the collar, the neck actually be the source of the leash is not necessarily the best idea. So what about harnesses as well? And harnesses are great. They have to be fitted properly because they dogs can also slip out of a harness. So you just have to make sure you get a, one that's fitted properly. The one that we use, the um, Freedom No Pull, actually has two areas where you hook the leash onto it. So it's a, kind of a double protection. Um, but they're super safe. Yeah. And I think it's important to, I recommend uh, taking the dog with you to the store. Most stores, most really good pet stores, especially independent pet stores, they will help you properly fit it. Absolutely. So then let's also talk about leashes because you mentioned one of my big pain points, which is a retractable leash. As soon as you said that, I cringed. Um, I have been burned by those in many different ways. So let's talk about leash use. Uh, what what you absolutely should not use. What are what are good to use, and then then variations within those good to use leashes. Right. I highly recommend. Um, we actually have one leash that we sell from Lupine. It's a two foot, which I love it because I'm in the city. And so walking a dog in the city, I want them as close to me as possible. So to me, the shorter the leash, the better. If you're walking out in a, uh, in a park, you know, um, I'd say a six foot leash, um, but you're going to want to make sure it has a good handle on it. You know, you also have to make sure that the clip is good because um, they can break through something that's plastic. So there's a lot to consider. Yeah. And I like the, the leashes too, that, that maybe you can have six foot leash for doing on a longer walk, but then they have a hold right there at two feet. So you can quickly get hold of them and get them closer. Those I like that kind of leash. Yeah. Those are great because you have both options. Exactly. What about leashes that have um, the elastics in it or, um, you know, or, or, you know, the stretchy kind, because we, uh, retractable leashes, absolute no-go. Yes. A hundred percent no-go. I don't see any situation where those are recommended. Yeah. Okay. Uh, me neither. So, but what about the, so some people are like, well, you know, I'm out hiking, I'm out running. I want him to have a little bit more give. And so what about the leashes that have the, you know, the, the, the scrunchy for lack of a better, my brain, not totally, but you know, or the, the elastic part of it. I've used them. I've tried them out and I'm just not a big fan of them. Um, when a dog sees another dog or something of interest, a squirrel or something, you know, sometimes you're not prepared for that, um, that give and pull. And I, some people love them. I'm just not personally a fan of them. What do you think? Um, I think for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a runner, I'm a trail runner and I run with my dog on the trails every day. Um, for me, it's a matter of training. So he, he knows we have a lot of commands that he and I get like right away. And so he, we are so comfortable with each other out on the trail. If I say with me, he immediately slows down and comes up against my leg, but we've also been together for nine years. So we know each other really well. And yes, he was a rescue puppy, but he came when he was nine months, uh, nine weeks old. So we know him well. Um, and I guess for me, I would say it depends on the dog. And, and, and to that point, like, how long does it take before you know the dog or the dog knows you? I know you've talked about this in the past. I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about it. Well, when do I know like that the dog 
is comfortable now. Yeah. And you know, there's no answer to that because like every dog is different. Some dogs come directly into your home and they, they're at home and they trust you and they have, you know, complete confidence the moment they get in there. And other dogs, it takes months, sometimes years for them to have the right confidence. Can you give some tips that maybe you give to people that adopt through your organization about, you know, how to help the dog find comfort? Because once, once the person has the dog in their home, I mean, there are definitely things that you can do and and clues that you can get from the dog that they're not comfortable. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one thing we just say patience, patience, patience. And, you know, we always recommend as a standard to give the dog at least three months, kind of takes them three months to start you know, getting your rhythm down, getting your agenda down and understanding the rules. And so that's kind of just a standard. Um, But yeah, just watch for cues. You know, you've got to really pay attention and pick up on what they're trying to tell you. Are there situations that scare the dog? So avoid those. You know, when, when I see, you know, new pet parents wanting to always take a dog to a dog park and I'm like, are you sure they're comfortable? And that some dogs are not. So really pay attention to the cues that they're giving you because they're going to tell you. Talk about those cues because I've been actually, actually, and I've been a dog owner since I was a dog pet parent since I was a baby. You know, I grew up with dogs, but there are a lot of new pet parents who literally have never had a dog in their lives and they love dogs, but they're not, they're not in tune with those signs that the dogs clearly give. So I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about those signs that, you know, the dog is telling you right now they're not comfortable. Yeah. I mean, watch, you know, watch their ears, watch their tail, you know, when the tail's tucked under they're they're fearful, you know, their mohawk goes up when something scares them, you know, they might actually start shaking, you know, you can tell when they're not comfortable or confident in a situation. And then that's your job to either remove them from that situation or help guide them through it. By giving them space, by giving them treats, by whatever they you find. And I find too, the other one that was a big one for me is panting. Like I have one dog, she starts panting when she's nervous and I'm immediately like, Oh, Hmm, something's going on. And she looks like she's smiling, (laughs) but she's really, she's really nervous. Uh, Okay. Before we go, I want to make sure that we um, touch on the project blue collar program. I want you to tell us all about it, how it works, how people uh, can get involved. So yeah, project blue collar, we sell uh, just a line of, um, Collars and leashes, harnesses, um, as we talked about before, is a way to identify dogs out in the public as rescue dogs. They say, I am a rescue on them or support the underdog. Um, And for all of our collars and leashes, they're buy one, give one. So every time someone buys one, we donate one to the same product, too. It's not a different product. We donate the exact same product to a rescue or shelter. Awesome. And tell people where they can go to find out more. Projectbluecollar.com. And if you guys have any rescues or shelters you want to you know, refer to us and we can work with them, we'd love to have them as partners. Awesome. And how many partners do you have? I'm curious. We've worked with hundreds of rescues all over the country and even in um, Canada. Wonderful. And I have to ask, is are, are, is the puppy hostel filling up again soon? I, it, well, <laughs> we're on a break right now. We just had a litter of uh, four that were adorable. So those have all been adopted. So yeah, we'll get it. Well, it'll fill up again. 
Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing those those pictures and videos on Facebook for sure. Carol, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. It's an honor to work with Project Blue Collar and to be able to highlight the amazing work you do and the animals that you work with. Thank you, Lorian. We love working with Pet Hub. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Wonderful. And, and reminder, everybody, to learn more about Project Blue Collar, their projects, their programs, head over to projectbluecollar.com. There are some great stories there. You'll, you'll fall in love with the project immediately. Well, we've learned so much today about some of the fundamentals of lost pet prevention and recovery. Pet Hub, along with partners like Project Blue Collar, are celebrating National Lost Pet Prevention Month throughout the month of July. We've collected a library of resources and tips for pet parents to keep their pets safe and at home. So to learn more, simply visit LostPetPreventionMonth.com. There's tons of stuff to check out there. I want to thank Carol with Project Blue Collar one last time for joining us today. And we can't wait to learn more from industry experts next time on Pet Lover Geek, powered by Pet Hub. <laughs>